Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Blog Talk listeners. This is Tom Hayes in Boston, Massachusetts on a beautiful July 3rd. I can't believe it's already July 3rd. And today we have a very special uh, guest, a recurring guest, who wrote a book a while back, Rebecca Tripp, who wrote The Secrets of the Metaphysical Flight Attendant. And she's back again to tell us how, give us an update on the book and also to specifically talk about cancer and healing techniques. Welcome, Rebecca. Hello. Nice to hear your voice again. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm just fine. Yes. Good. I was waiting for my uh, intro music, but I haven't been back to this particular uh, site for a little bit because I've been having some great success with another radio show that I'm doing. But nonetheless, we, we, uh, we're here. And uh, So tell me how, all about the book. And, you know, we talked about... Uh, in previous episodes, um, you know, you had just launched the book. So how's it going? <laughs> well, it's going really well. The book came out this year. Um, it's just been out for a few months. Um, but I've been traveling around, giving talks, book signings, being very well received everywhere I go. And I enjoy giving um, talks about what's, what the contents of the book are because a lot of people don't really know what's in it. Many, I find many right. people don't wonder what the word metaphysical means. <laughs> <laughs> many Isn't people. that amazing? Isn't yeah, that amazing in really the day and time? Yeah, and, wow. and I find many times people will read the book and give me a call or get in touch with me because they're telling me they're rereading it, underlining. There's a lot of really interesting lessons and stories in the book about things that I've learned along the way. Uh, one of them being sp- healing, spiritual healing, as opposed to, you know, physical healing. I talk in the book about how I had um, two different spontaneous healings that were pretty monumental. One was after I was diagnosed with early cancer, and the other one was a healing of an acute appendicitis attack that I had. And they were both spontaneous healings, which got my attention, and I've been studying spiritual healing for most of my adult life as a result of those those events that took place in my 20s, which were... Well, I, I, I remember, obviously, we've talked many times. We've known each other for about, what, 10 years now, I think, in around it's there, right? It's probably been that long. It's probably been that long, yeah. Yeah, we met and, uh, the way, one of my seminars. Right, the way I met you was I decided after years of... Uh, ignoring it to finally take the silver mind control uh course and which was uh, a two-day two immersion into um, uh, the silver technique of meditation right the work of jose silva yes learning how to right. get that level of consciousness alpha theta level of consciousness where you can do all these amazing things yeah mm-hmm. and that uh, 
and you were led on that path as well. I mean, I, I, I think I talked about in previous uh, shows, and just to bring people up to date on, you know, our connection and, you know, some of the things that we've encountered since that connection. I, uh, you know, I'm an entertainer, and I was uh, at a college one time, and a, uh, an individual walked right up to me and asked me if I knew where I could find or give him information about a ventriloquist because he was a a professor of uh, philosophy and ethics, and he wanted to use the uh, the puppet as a way of doing a dialogue to enhance his teaching technique. And I asked him, how did you know that I would be able to have that answer for you? And he says, oh, I took the Silver Mind Control course. And he had actually told me that he used the course to write his thesis. He used to go into a meditation, go into a room, and he, they actually handed him in an alpha state, uh, the actual title of his thesis, and then every day he said he would go into the state and write out the actual um, thesis. He says it was like stealing, and um, right. you know, he got his PhD he was, that he way. He was tapping into universal consciousness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I went out and bought the book. I wasn't ready at that time to spend... Uh, to invest the money, at that time it was a week. You had to do you had to do it for a week. That's right. You know, and then you know, I found your course. It was a two day, a weekend thing. So anyway, some amazing things happened not only during that weekend, but recurring in my life. I would go to a bookstore and put my hand. And actually, that's what happened. As I put my hand in to reach for another book, and instead touched uh, the one of the revised editions of Silver Mind Control. And so we connected, and you're right, you shared your story about the spontaneous healing first with cancer. So why don't you refresh the, the reader, you know, the listener's mind on what happened there? Well, yeah, that happened back in my 20s. I, I went for a routine checkup, and um, the doctor I went to said, I want you to go to another doctor, and then I ended up in the hospital having a biopsy. And then I got a phone call shortly after that, saying, we need you to come into the hospital next week to have surgery. And, um, you know, it was very shocking to me. I think I was about 27 years old. But I had already been taught the art of creative visualization at this point, and I realized that our thoughts do create things that happen to us in our lives. It was clear to me that the way you think has a great impact on what you're attracting. So I really began to think, I must have thought something that attracted this, and I could kind of see where I I had. So I turned to a spiritual healer um, rather than go the medical route. Even though I couldn't really figure out how can your mind affect the cells in your body and change them and have, you know, bring on a healing, but that's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened to me, and it happened spontaneously. As soon as I heard that I was the perfect child of God and perfect health was my birthright. I totally believed it. I totally accepted it. And I felt a chemicalization take place in my whole being. And I was free of the belief that I had some dire, horrible condition. And what I've learned since is that when we understand um, spiritual law, we begin to realize that there is no material law. I mean, you know, so many of the teachers now are bringing this to light in the times we're living in, that this really, the three-dimensional world that we experience every day with our five senses is really the unreal. 
And the real is what's behind it, the spiritual realm, the spiritual dimension. And the cause of all that is, is mind, thought. So when we get back to the root of whatever created what's happening in our material world, we can change it. You know, many people compare it to changing the film in a, in a movie camera. You know, you're projecting your picture onto the screen, but if you don't like it, you can just go back and change the film. You know, and, and that's basically what I did. I shifted my thoughts from, oh, poor me, I'm, I'm, I'm really messed up now. I've got this horrible condition, and it's either going to kill me or mutilate my body. And then, bingo, I shifted into, no, I have perfect health. It's my birthright. And why would I think something would invade my, my body at this phase? You know, when it, where would it come from? And I was able to accept totally that it was just a belief that I had. And I was healed. And it was such a, a landmark experience because after that I was never afraid of my body again in, in, a, in, a, in any real sense. You know, and I proved a few times after that that, yes, you can transcend the material laws and really manifest what you want to, the, the perfect, healthy version of yourself. Yeah, I think that's that you know, so that's important. one of the uh, the amazing things here is the fact that, uh, you, you know, you, you well, first of all, you felt something. I think it's important to say that not only did you have the thought, but you actually experienced the feeling when that uh, healing happened. Right. Right. Oh, and it, it, it shifted me in a way that for one year, everywhere I went, everything was absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, nature, people. I, I could actually almost see through people and, and, you know, feel what they were thinking. And, um, you know, it's kind of like living really, really in the flow. Um, and I looked back, and I don't even think it rained for that whole year, wherever I went. I was a flight attendant, so I was traveling around the country. But I couldn't even remember one day of rain. <laughs> so it was a big tip, for sure. Well, you know, and, I mean, here's, here's something I never asked you before. How much did you, obviously you needed, uh, at that time, you needed a healer to, um, to facilitate the, the healing process. Right. But how much do you think of it now? In retrospect, if you look back, how much do you, how much do you think it was you and the healer? Was it fifty-fifty? Was it what? Well, if you study spiritual healing, you'll learn that it's never the healer that's doing the healing. It's it's this divine energy, what we call God, that does the work. Right. The healer is is a is a is a vehicle, a channel for this energy to come through because. You know, um, in order to be a really good healer, you really have to um, be pure of heart, have a clear conscience in many ways. You know, we all have the capability, but we're all kind of at different stages. And you have to really care about mankind to want to heal them too. And, you know, people that are in the practice, and that's all they do, of course, they're very aligned with, um, you know, living that way and thinking that way. And they're better better channels for this divine energy, this love to come through them in order to heal people. But it's really not the person who does the healing. They will always say, I got myself out of the way, God that does the healing. They, they know how to just... And that's why I love the, the Silva training, because it teaches you how to go from your beta consciousness, your five senses, down into your, um, your subjective consciousness, which is where this all happens. And when you let go of the ego and your your uh, sense of being in the world, and you just 
become one with this divine energy because we're all one in the spiritual dimension. Our higher selves are all connected. And that's why we're able to heal each other because we are connected. And when we're able to go there um, on command, if we want to, we can practice spiritual healing and practice all sorts of things that sort of go against all the laws of the material world. There really are no laws in the material world. Once you go into the spiritual dimension, you can transcend you know, when you, uh, it, it. You know, that becomes, once you get you know, access to that secret, you start to uh, comprehend it. it, it the, the material world just doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, this is true. You know, when, <laughs> when you're talking about cause and effect and blah, 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 the illusion is, mm. is that if you do something, then this happens. But then, you know, you can, you just know case after case after case where things have happened that made no physical cause and effect relationship. So now once you... Once you did this, once you had this experience, but then you had, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you this morning was, you know, was this documented? And what you're telling me today is that you definitely, yeah, you went and had a, this wasn't a diagnosis that was done in a doctor's office, oh, you have cancer. You actually had a biopsy, which uh, affirmed the fact that you had cancer. That's true. I went to a hospital, and I I actually had a biopsy done. And then a year later, I had um, a doctor examined me to check that and I was told you're fine you're I, and I've never, I mean I'm in I'm in my 60s now and I'm you know functioning yeah, so with all my parts I it was right so here. we're talking and, about a 40 year right 40 years right. Oh, oh that this that you're a su- survivor of cancer I mean that's just that's the right. way it is it's yeah. just mm-hmm. and uh and no remission and no blah blah no. blah no. No, and there is an audio on my website, RebeccaTripp.com. Um, I wrote an article that's in a publication, and if you want to go to RebeccaTripp.com, you can um, you can hear it. It's on it's on the um, the website, right, and it's R E B E C C A T R I P P dot com. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's now, information there about my book and some of the other work that I do. That's right. So now you. You experienced, I mean, and don't you think that must have been a, a, a big boost for you, that you actually had this experience, you had the feeling, you went in, you, you were sick, now you have this, um, this healing done, and you, you feel it. Did, was that, did, I mean, did that lock in? And, and, you know, when you, now I want to talk about the, this idea, you know, that you told me, this situation with the appendicitis. Right. Were you um, able to yeah, draw from that, that experience? That was a few years after this healing. Um, it was probably like three or four years after that. I was um, on a trip. I was still a flight attendant flying from New York to California, and when I got to California, I experienced the worst pain in my right side I've ever. It was just unbelievable. And I knew it was my appendix, um, but I was also very, very grounded and centered in this idea that um, – Spiritual healing is real, and, you know, I, I decided to rely on that. And um, I was, you know, someone had to make a phone call for me to a, a healer. But as soon as that phone call was made, I felt an adjustment, and I felt a release, and I knew that the healing was there, it was happening. And I heard a voice telling me to love a particular person with all my heart. 
And it was someone I wasn't even dwelling on or thinking about, but buried in my subconscious, I had some very, very negative thoughts about this person because they were they were doing something in a business sense um, behind my back that was, was very upsetting. And when I released that, that negative feeling I had for that person, I mean, as soon as I heard this voice to tell, telling me to love this person with all my heart, and it was love that man with all your heart was the voice, um, and I released, I felt the healing was taking place. And I was able to get, I had to lie around uh, for a couple of days and just rest. But I got back to New York, went to a, a medical facility there. I had to because of um, the airline I was working for in order to get released to go back to work. And the doctor gave me some pokes in the abdomen and had me do some little tests with walking up and down some stairs or something. And he said, you had an appendicitis attack and you could have died. You should have gone to the hospital and had it removed. Well, I mean, that happened over 40 years ago and I still have my appendix. So I'm glad I didn't have it removed. (laughs) So you can do amazing things, um, but you just, you know, you have to take that leap of faith. I mean, that's one of the things, um, you know, it's not everybody wants, there's always something in your life you're working on, you know, and um, I just, for some reason, lined things up in a way that that was a big lesson that I was able to, um, you know, work with in this life, which is physical healing, and I'm grateful for it because it gives you a freedom when you're not afraid of your, but before that, I was very much afraid of my body before I had that healing of cancer. Um, I would get checked all the time, and I'd always be imagining. I was almost like a hypochondriac. I mean, my God, you can just die of anything, anytime. Who knows well, it, what's yeah, I think, our, our, well, first of all, our media is always bombarding us with that. So one of the first things you do is you shut it down and don't listen <laughs> to that. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, this DNA, right. it's like everybody's taking a pharmaceutical drug. I mean, that's. Right. It's, it's, it's right. a very interesting time. But there's a lot of people now that are wanting to figure out a different way. And there really is a different way. You know, it's always been around, and it's something well, that's available. one of the things that we discussed uh, prior to the show was, you know, the high incidence of cancer. And that, that's the topic right. of the show today, is that um, if you look around, when people ask me why I get upset when I see so many marches, uh, for cancer, so many, blah, blah, blah. Well, the statistics are that, okay, maybe, you know, we spent all of this money and all these years and all this energy with, you know, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to, you know, have these charities and to raise money. But, you know, it's like Mother Teresa said, don't ever invite me to an anti-war protest, you know, or a march. Invite me to a peace march. Right, because what do, you, what do you want to put your intention on is what you're, what you're saying. And if you're just dwelling on it all the time and rehearsing it, I mean, you have to just walk away from things, and that's how you, you move your life ahead. You don't want to get stuck in victimhood. Right, right. And I hear these people who either had cancer or that someone died from cancer, and they spend the rest of their lives fighting over this, you know, going back and doing battle. And when you resist something, we both know what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's well, and they're always for a cure for all these different cancers. But, you know, why don't we look in thought? You know, we, we always are imagining that, you know, it comes from genetics or environment. We see a lot of that belief now with um, the pollution, pollution that we have in our environment. 
But, you know, if you go into your, your consciousness and learn how to protect yourself and um, stay above it, that's a nice way to go, too. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. And, you know, my point is is that the more you think about cancer, the more you They have certainly made advances in curing cancer. I have osteosarcoma. I was 13 years old over now, uh, you know, f- uh, 54 years ago. And when, you know, that actually uh, we can say 55 because I got cancer at the age of 12. And... You know, so they've made advances with osteosarcoma, but in those days, only there was only a five percent survival. Today, they tell me it's about a fifty percent chance, and I, you know, I wouldn't want to gamble on a coin toss um, for my life expectancy of chances of survival. So it's a miracle that I'm here. How I did it, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, you're talking that I was in the hospital at a time when there were twelve other kids with the disease. And they didn't make it, you know, but I did. Mm-hmm. And well, you had those so, sandwiches. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> between, between you know, if, if somebody said to me, what, and we talked about this prior to the show, what was the turning point? When did I think that everything was going to be? So when I got home in food, because I was brought up Italian, food was such a major force in my house. And, you know, I, I talk about in my lectures, uh, and this is the power of love. I mean, this is you. You just talked about the appendicitis thing, and the power of um, love, and mm-hmm. and how it was involved in healing. And yeah, when I got home, my mother made the most unbelievable. I can even look. I could see the tuna fish sandwich she made for me and brought to my bed. I just got in from the hospital. I'm lying in bed without a limb, and uh, you know, still suffering from you know the surgery, et cetera. And uh, she comes in with this amazing <laughs> tuna fish sandwich, and I knew I'd be okay from there on. And, uh, you know, th- th- thanks to God and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, universal energy, yeah, that's, that's what's happened. And I never look back. Yeah, I never look mm-hmm. back on it. And I think, you know, when I talk to cancer survivor groups, I just find that, first of all, it shocks me that uh, that's probably one thing dinner I wouldn't go to, uh, even though, you know, I'm asked to speak at them, and they're wonderful events for the most part, and I get to have a blast with the audience, I find that, you know, why would you go, why Why are you still thinking about it? You know, I mean, okay, you know, you're measuring hmm. your life off in terms of, you know, well, oh, I survived this terrible disease, when to me, there's just so many other positive things to think about and move on and create in your life. And you know, that I agree. think if, I mean, yeah. and if we're eternal, we've probably survived all sorts of um, incredibly horrible things, you know. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, but you just keep it, moving on. Well, that you know, I mean, that's the whole thing, is it? You know, I think we what we want to tell the the listeners and your readers at this time that there is yes. You know, you talk about the manifestations, you know, you talk about the thought process, you talk about attitude, but down deep, and you and I have talked uh, in depth about this recently at this stage in our life, because underlying all of that is, I think, the biggest step of all, which is the letting go process. You want to talk about that? Right. Um, Yeah, letting go is is very key to manifesting, because... um, if you're just stuck in I want, I want, I want, 
you'll never get anything. You need to let go and let the universe line things up in a way that you can um, attract what the right thing is. And and that's another part of my book that I cover is manifesting and, you know, recreating yourself after you've gone through something. And that's why I'm getting calls and, and emails from people that they'll they'll really relate and go, oh, my gosh, I went through that too. And, you know, some of them are still stuck in their houses and can't, you know, function the way they want to because they feel like they got stuck there. And what you have to do is always move ahead and let go and expect the best. Um, you know, there, there are optimists and there are pessimists living on this planet. And optimists might be very realistic about things that are going on, but at the same time, they expect a good outcome. <clears throat> and um, that's one thing I always, I always expect, is that the outcome eventually will be good, even though sometimes we go through these very messy periods where things are getting rearranged or, you know, our finances go down or we lose our job or we get divorced. I mean, I've been through all that, in my, and I wrote about it in my book. But at the same time, maybe it's happening to move you to a better place. That's the way I look at it. There's always something without better. A, something without a out. doubt. You know, again, mm-hmm. from my talks on cancer to the cancer survivor groups, and I tell them that, you know, I, I hate the term uh, survivor because, it, again, it implies being a victim, just one step right. above a victim, and people don't move on. And, you know, I, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, so the way I looked at it and the way I look at it now, one of the best things that happened to me is they – they got me back in the game of life. I had, you know, they put me in physical activities that I had never done before. I didn't know how to swim, and here I am swimming. You know, I, I got back up on my bicycle, even though everybody told me that was impossible, and I was riding my bicycle. So I became a player, you know, and then soon I started getting better. I was very athletic, so I got better than the other kids, even with two legs. I was faster than they were. So I became a winner, and, you know, I tell people if you're a winner long enough, you become a champion, and then you become a coach, and then ultimately a mentor. And ultimately, what we're talking about here today, you become a healer. And, you know, you, and there's all kinds of methodologies. When I, when I do speak to groups, you know, I have to remind, I spoke to um, a, a, a National Assembly, a convention of infusion nurses a few years ago, and I have to remind everybody that, you know, there's there, – and, and I, you know, here's a very important point. Um, when – it was funny because I obviously knew nothing about infusion nursing. And, you know, I did a little research on, on the Internet. And I just trusted. Again, I let go that I would say the right things at the right time. And when I got out to um, make my connection to, in St. Paul to, to go to Arizona to do this lecture – uh, I walked into a bookstore and I picked up a Garrison Keillor book, opened the book to exactly this joke, which is, what is the difference between a nurse and a nun? And, and the answer was, a nun answers only to one God. <laughs> so I got to tell that joke, and the play, that was my opening joke, and the place broke up into hysterics. And that was, to me, a minor miracle that, you know, I kept saying, what do I open with? Well, when I got to the, to the um, pool, I said to myself, I, I've got to meet somebody who will help me with this, this lecture. What do I say? And so I got out of the pool, and there's this young gal, and she turns out she was an infusion nurse, and we connected right away and talked. 
And I was at the point where, and I think, you know, this is what your book offers, and this is what we're trying to say, that a very important part of all of this is the letting go and the trusting part. And so I said to this particular woman, I said, well, I'm I'm at a phase in my life where I find it very difficult uh, to make this leap, to totally trust, to totally let go. And she said, well, you know, she says, I've been riding horses since I've been about eight years old. And she says, now, she says, I've had many horses throughout my lifetime. And now, she says, I got this big old boy, and she named his name. And she says, well, now, when we ride, we don't do, uh, you know, just ride around in a, an arena. She says, we ride, we jumps. And she says, we don't ride the jumps where uh, the the jump is is wood that breaks, you know, if the horse misses, you know, if the horse's back legs hit it and you know, the fence will collapse, we jump stone walls. So she says this involves a huge leap of faith. And she said, when I make that jump, if I don't commit totally, the horse knows it. She says, if I have one second of doubt, that horse puts on his brakes. And she said, and I have flown over his head many times and ended up on the ground. And she says, I learned to adapt by once, if I did hesitate, if I did have that moment of doubt, I would grab his neck. (laughs) So she said, so I didn't hit the ground. But she says, eventually, I learned to trust so much and believe and know that there would be severe consequences for doubting, that once I made the commitment, that thought, never hit. And so I conveyed that to the to the nurses and I said as a healer and you know many of us have this I think probably one of the things that keeps you healthy and and certainly in occurring is developing this mindset of not just watching out for yourself but the ability to heal somebody else. And I said, you know, when you walk in and I we've all been into that doctor's office or anything else and you go in for whatever that ailment is you're searching for signs all over the place you know uh, you know what's going on with my body and you can tell you don't even they don't even have to come in and tell you that it's over or that you have cancer or that whatever you know by the signals and i said to them that it has such an important effect on the patient that you can't do that. You have to totally have no doubt that this patient will make it. And once you start going the other way, it's like that horse. They pick up on it, and they say, no, I can't go. So I think, you know, what we're talking about today is, and, you know, what's interesting about all this, you and I both talk about this all the time, that everybody is at different levels. And because we've been reading and doing this stuff for over 40, 50 years of our lives, we forget that a lot of the people who are listening right now, and the reason you are listening to this right now is because you're supposed to be, you know, you found us, is that, you know, they, these are huge steps, and it takes a while to be able to get to them, to this whole standing that you have a birthright, as you said, to health, and that you have to trust that there's something bigger than you, if you align with that, will heal. And your thoughts now. Did I lose you? Wait a minute. Oh, hang on. Somehow we've lost the button. Okay, here we go. Did I? Now you're back. Oh, okay. Rebecca. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, for some reason, the uh, the uh, the little 
indicator here, this microphone indicator showed that you had gone off there. So any thoughts oh. on my little um, my little speech well, there? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the stuff you covered is really true. I, I like the story about the woman jumping over stone walls with the horse and trusting and letting the horse know that, you know, because it's a mutual thing. But I found, you know, flying for 35 years as a flight attendant, I had to trust the pilots, the mechanics, the air traffic controllers, the companies that built the airplanes. There were so many people you had to trust that, I mean, it could boggle your mind if you really said, no, I don't want people to get terribly, you know, messed up with fear of flying because it really is the safest way to travel. But trusting is really an important um, part of the spiritual path. And you have to trust that things will work out, that there is a divine order. There, we live in it. You know, I think it was Einstein that said, um, the question you have to ask yourself is, do you live in a friendly universe or um, an unfriendly, unloving universe? And if you believe right. that you live in a, in a loving universe, then it will all work out. And, you know, you're, you're not, that's why you're not affected by the material laws that can look like you're going in a bad direction. You can always transcend. You can always rise above. And once you get clear in your own consciousness that there don't have to be any accidents, there are none, you can, one with God is a majority. Whenever you're in a situation, if you're aligned with this divine power, this energy, you can be a force for good wherever you go. You can transform, um, you know, meetings like you do when you go in and give a talk or, you know, wherever you are, even when you're driving down the highway, you're spreading better vibrations and energy all around you and maybe helping people who might be accident prone or something to wake up. You just never well, know what you know, you're, you're Exactly, and what you're talking about, well, Einstein also said, he says there's two kinds of people in the world, those who believe in miracles and those who don't. And mm. I happen to believe in miracles. You believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it is, you know, I think the, the fear we have, the, the, the one thing that seems to be, um, you, you know, a major shift for people has to be this level of trust that you are not alone. You are not a little yes. separate being battling all of the forces of nature, that you're battling cancer, that you're battling diseases, that right. you're battling pollution, that you know, you're battling your spouse or somebody's out to get you. You have to realize that you are totally aligned with that higher part, that spiritual part of yourself, the oneness, which is the is ultimate the power. This is the shift, and we're part of the shift just by having conversations like this. We're going from the old point of view, which was survival of the fittest, it's all about me, to realizing now because of the kind of things that are happening on the planet, it's not just all about me. We're all connected, and we need to work together, and it's more about unity and helping each other rather than taking, taking, and being greedy. Greed, greed is like, has you know, messed up a lot of things. And I think a lot of people are aware of that. So now it's it's kind of like, you know, a different vibration, different energy is, is coming forward and making people think about things in a different way. Okay, so now you had, you you, you were healed from cancer. You mm-hmm. did this appendicitis. But then later in the book you talk about, which is to me was totally fascinating, this whole thing with the Lyme disease. 
and you're taking pills and medication, and da 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 da, and all of a sudden you say to yourself right. one day, "Hey, wait a minute." So what right. happened there? Well, you know what happened? I got married for the third time, and both my husband and I um, ended up being diagnosed with this Lyme disease. And I happen to live in a town where there's a lot of ticks and a lot of people get it. And I just, I just got caught up in that whole belief that I live in this place where you just can't escape it. And I just got very mesmerized. And I forgot that I practiced spiritual healing for a while. And I got caught up in going the medical route. And then one day I was standing in my kitchen getting ready to take this big dose of antibiotics again. And it hit me. And I said, what? Oh, you have perfect health. It's your birthright. And I shifted my thoughts to a higher place where I just couldn't be affected by this thing called Lyme disease. And that was it. I never took the pills again and, uh, you know, the antibiotics. And the symptoms just all went away. And the symptoms really were pretty horrible. I, I, I know people really suffer with this condition, but... You know, it's coming out now. It's interesting. I, when you hear about someone that is talking about Lyme disease, they'll say, oh, it's, you know, you have to work on yourself in so many levels. And that was what I had forgotten, that I was a spiritual idea and perfect health was truly my birthright. And I had just slipped into this whole thought of, you know, infection and you can't escape it. You're living in a time and a place. And I got mesmerized. And, you know, it's, it's easy to do. You know, we, we get mesmerized every day by news, our environment, the way people treat us. And, you know, we don't have to. But it's, you have to wake yourself up every now and then. And, and, but I, I often thought, you know, I was so sick for a while when I had that terrible thing. It gave me more compassion for people that have really horrible chronic illness because... Oh, people, man, yeah. I, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, I went through... a. Right, I went through a period where I was skiing and burnt, you know, blew out a couple of discs in my back, and I didn't know it was possible to have that much pain that that, mm-hmm. that you know that the universe could allow for that much pain. But you know, and, and you know, I it is true that you know what I you know obviously we have to give we're telling people we're not medical doctors and we're not telling you not to go to medical doctors and we're not saying that the, the, some of the conventional he- methods of healing aren't uh, valid. You know, obviously, if I didn't have my leg removed, then I'd be dead. So there are places, and many of the healers talk about this, there's definitely a place for Western medicine. But underlying the most important thing, and part of this, this, this letting go is exactly what you were saying, in trusting, is the most important is you have to relax. I mean, you know, it, it, what's what's the point of not relaxing? Mm, hmm. Well, look at all the you people know, and, and, that complain about anxiety but, and stress in these times, and well, that's not a very fun way to live. Exactly. You know, so you jump to a medication which only has. I mean, I, I laugh at these commercials on television. You know, take this pill for this or that or the other, and then there's 15 minutes of the possible side effects. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so mm-hmm. why would you even go down that road with the, you know, that this thing might stop this particular symptom, but now you're going to end up with more complications than you went into it with. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and in you know, I I'm, I'm even thinking to myself with minor things like I had eczema for the longest time. And so I went out and bought all the salves and and then all of a sudden 
It's all gone, you know, and, you know, you just say, well, how, how does it come and go like that? It's not supposed to. It's supposed to be there forever. But, you know, when, you, when I do, I guess, the type of exercises that you're talking about is I just say, you know, ignore it, forget it. It's, you know, it's just, you know, I'm not going to be subject to that. And, again, I, you know, I, I had a lethal form of cancer. I, I, I tell people now, I not only had cancer, I had a terminal disease. When you only have a 5% chance of survival, that's a terminal disease. Mm. And yet I'm still here. And... Mm. There isn't a day that I think about myself getting cancer. I just don't, it doesn't enter my head. I move forward with all of the things that we just talked about, about, you know, being, being, giving advice to people, comforting people, um, you know, telling them that they have the power within them to be, whether it's, whether it's to heal a, a disease or to be anything that they want in life, you know, to, to live a life that, of freedom. And, you know, again, if, if you're burdened by, and, and one of the things I found, which is there, there was a, there's a feeling when you walk into a room full of cancer survivors, there's a vibe that I don't appreciate. Mm. And that vibe is almost we're waiting for the next whack. Next you know, drop, waiting, yeah. We're waiting for the next remission. There's right. almost a defeated, there's a defeated attitude that I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, people still think it's something that you, you know, you can't escape it. And yet at the same time, you know, the medical world will tell you, we all have cancer cells in our bodies, you know, and they're just there, you know, it's part of our makeup maybe. And they get activated and out of control um, if you're going through stress, I mean, they can relate a lot of cancers now back to stress and situations in our lives that are helping to activate it in a way that it, it's, you know, killing us. But that's the, that's the point is you have to really think about your emotional being, your, your spiritual state. How do you feel about your life if you get something that's diagnosed? You know, and, and that's the thing that's missing and has been missing in medicine. But I'm being told by some of the medical doctors now that I talk to every now and then, they're starting to incorporate that into medical training more than they used to. And they're realizing people are more than just physical blobs of flesh in the medical world. That's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, when someone dies, okay, so now there's still a body there, but what was the thing that generated... You know, I mean, it, is, it can't be just a bunch of chemicals moving around or energy moving around. Right. Yeah, the energy, right. the real source energy of that body is now gone. And, you know, I've had, um, you know, I've had, a, a, when I talked about that back situation, I went to alternative healing and had, a, um, you know, talked about a year of of uh, physical therapy, of, of uh you know, massage therapy of uh, all kinds of, you know, chiropractors, everything. I tried everything and couldn't get it. And I go in, you know, and I get on a table and the gal, you know, uses uh, light healing and bang, you know, I get this amazing entity that came along and boom, I wake up and, you know, a year of pain is over in 10 minutes. And mm. so we we are, <laughs> we are you know, spiritual beings, and, you right. know, it is everything you say. So this is just the first step. We're going to have more of these 
conversations. But if people want to get more details, obviously they're going to go to your book. Secrets of a Metaphysical Flight Attendant by Rebecca. That's Church. right. And they can yep. find and it on the internet. It's on Amazon. Balboa Press is the publisher. Yeah, and you know what I'm learning? It's it's very difficult because we've spent 40 years uh, on a path. You know, I, I love it when Alan Watts puts um, all of a sudden back to Alan Watts after finding him over 40 years ago, and he's just so brilliant. And he says, you know, life is a game of hide-and-seek because we are these beautiful spiritual beings that have come to Earth to play a game of hide-and-seek, to forget that we are these beautiful spiritual beings and that we are all-powerful. And we play this game of limitation. And we were all, we're always seeking it. We're always trying to find the answers. And so the the first place that you kind of have to get to is this whole relaxing, letting go, trusting that it will be okay. And that's going to be a major component of this whole healing process. Mm-hmm. Your comment. Absolutely. Yes, so, I- well, let's wrap it up before we uh, run out of time here. So, okay. again, the, the website, www.rebeccatripp.com. The book is Secrets of a Metaphysical Flight Attendant, and <laughs> metaphysical means above the physical. And uh, please join us again for the next um, podcast we do, and uh, happy healing. Thank you, Tom. All right, thank you, Rebecca. And that's it. I have no music to take us off, so I'll have to hum. Dum, da, da, dum, dum. <laughs> thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.